You're listening to the Geriatric Mamas Podcast with Jessica Raziri and Sonia Tapley. Geriatric Mamas. Hello, Geriatric Mamas. <laughs> Hello. Welcome to episode 22. It's just, it, that doesn't even sound real to say. That sounds, I know. So, that sounds like we just made that up. I know. Like, it really we just does. did one. We did episode one, <laughs> two, and now we're at 22. I feel like every episode at this point is like a milestone because we're just. Mm-hmm. I know. We're on like borrowed time. Yeah. <laughs> at this point, I feel well, weird. Yeah, because, <laughs> well, it feels like we are just because of like, you know, we're still. Mm-hmm. Again, we addressed this like a few episodes ago that we don't yeah. really have the best follow through, you and I, Sonia. So, like, the fact that we're yeah. still going is right. a miracle. I'm right. proud of us. So, am, that's why I'm like, it's too. kind of borrowed time. The fact it- that we're still kicking. <laughs> <laughs> We're still here. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, yeah. So today we have a really special episode. As you guys could see from the title of this episode, it's a hope episode. We're going to mm-hmm. be hearing Maria's story. Um, but just a reminder for those that are just tuning yeah. in as to what a hope episode is. A hope episode is it's the story of one woman's journey to becoming a mother. Um, It's going to be talking about her struggles, everything that she went through. You know, when when I was in the thick of my fertility journey, like I didn't want to hear about the stories of the women who, you know, had it easy and they just got pregnant and they weren't even trying and it happened. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, that's great. But like, that's not me. I can't relate to it. Like I I wanted to hear (laughs) the stories about how, you know, they were struggling and they were really going through it and all the odds mm-hmm. were against them. And, you know, right when they gave up, then all of a sudden something happened, whether, you know, IVF was a success or IUI was a success or yeah. they were in between fertility treatments and it happened. You know, mm-hmm. I wanted to hear a story that, you know, gave me hope in the end that right. I wasn't alone. I was heard. And, mm-hmm. you know, and it was just inspiring. And honestly, those stories are what I clung to. And mm-hmm. those are the stories that, encouraged me to keep moving forward and push, push, excuse me, sorry, and push through. (laughs) Sorry. That's okay. And that's actually, no, I feel like that's tongue tied. (laughs) I feel like that's a huge reason why we started doing the podcast to begin with. You know, we were Mm -hmm. taking all these little tips and tricks that we learned along the way from the success stories that we had heard that you shared with me and I shared with you. And, you know, we started piecing them together into episodes and then we got our miracle babies and now we just have so much we want to share and talk about. So Mm -hmm. yeah. Episodes are our thing. Yeah. So, um, Sonia, do you want to introduce who this special lady is here with us today? So today we have Maria and her sweet baby with us. Maria and I met, I think it was back in 2001 when I was kind of promoting my photography a little bit more. And uh, Maria decided to do a brand photo shoot for with me and be almost like one of my models uh, with her business, which is called the Homeschool Admin. Maria is a teacher and a consultant who helps parents and students navigate their homeschool experience. Her Instagram handle is the homeschool admin and her website is thehomeschooladmin.com. So we are really looking forward to hearing Maria's journey to motherhood. Uh, It wasn't easy and I need to stop saying um because Jessica edits all of these. (laughs) That's what I was like laughing at. I'm like um, 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 edit. 
counting my ums right now. I am. So sorry, Maria. Welcome <laughs> to the Geriatric Mamas podcast. We are so so excited to have you share your story with our listeners. How are you? Thank you so much. I'm doing really well. Um, in the thick of motherhood, as you know, here, yes. I'm here with her, and we got out of the car after falling asleep for a minute, and we're together, which is it's wonderful. Yeah, she is just so doing beautiful. Really well. Thank you. Thank you. I feel like I'm learning so much about myself, mm-hmm. about my friends who I've grown up mm-hmm. with as they became mothers, mm-hmm. and about, you know, just there's just so much I'm unfolding. I'm like constantly mm-hmm. feeling back yeah. the layers and blossoming at the same time. It's weird. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, she's yeah. a year old now. We're a year in, and it's just oh my gosh. It's, Happy it's so birthday, much to late a little bit late when was her birthday was it last Last, week uh, the day before thanksgiving oh my gosh last week yeah yeah well um we would absolutely love to hear your journey i know um sonia you know shared with me a little bit about you know some highlights as far as what you went through to get here so why don't we jump right into it if you wouldn't mind you know opening up to our listeners and talking to them about how you became a geriatric mama to this beautiful little bundle of joy in your arms right now. I'd like to start at the part of my story that begins with me finding out that I had fibroids. And this was in 2018 before my husband and I were married or trying to conceive. And it was just, it's really, um, for the woman, being a woman, it's really just mind it blows you back when you realize that you have something that you need to work on before you can start having children with your husband who isn't even yet your husband and so yeah that's where I was at I had to have surgery um, mm-hmm. I had a lot of fibroids they had grown um, mm-hmm. and and basically taken over my uterus a buck a bucket's worth um, peach oh my sized. goodness oh, mm-hmm. buckets worth Three, yeah of like peach pear sized my gosh fibroids. Wow. So I was 28 at the time, 29, 30 Mm -hmm. at the time. And it was just a lot. It was a lot to do, but I just kept my Mm -hmm. head down and I kept doing it. Like as Mm -hmm. as natural as I like to do things, um, as natural as I like to be, it was just a choice I had to make. And we had a myomectomy. So that was an open surgery, C-section like surgery. Um, They took those out. And after that, my period went back to like the clean five days, um, 28 day cycle. Everything was great. And then So we got married about six months. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Gotta put a ring on it. And then we got married and started trying. And it seemed like I was, I always had the attitude that I would get pregnant right away. I'm not going to worry about mm-hmm. that. That's not going to happen to me. And I guess mm-hmm. if you have that attitude, let it go because you don't know. It will happen. It can yeah. happen to you. And it yeah. did. Mm-hmm. So for six months we tried and then we, we conceived and then we had a miscarriage and mm-hmm. the miscarriage was another shocker. Like, mm-hmm. like what, how, no, why didn't anybody prepare me for this possibility and the only preparation I had for that possibility was when somebody had said oh tentatively congratulations when I had told them earlier than the three weeks or three months and my goodness I remember hearing like tentatively like do I need to Mm -hmm. look that word up again because this seems weird to go yeah (laughs) yeah yeah but at this it hurt it stung when she said it but when it happened to me I realized why and now yeah and it just changed so anyways Mm -hmm. we continue trying so from there Mm -hmm. the miscarriage we had one more year of like Maria's like we can do this on our own you're gonna Mm -hmm. be wicked 
fertile right after. Stubborn. I got this. Yeah. (laughs) Watch me clean up my mindset. Watch this. Yeah. I'm going to work out and I'm going to do great and (laughs) Mm -hmm. all the things. Okay. So I started with working out, mindset stuff, just Mm -hmm. like leaving places that were toxic and didn't make me feel good, like work um, environments Mm -hmm. and stuff. And then it was time to start asking questions again. And at the year mark um, anniversary of our first baby's miscarriage, I was like, okay, it's time for you to do something, (laughs) husband. Yeah. So we brought him in and he got his sperm um, test and it came back super sperm, of course. And so (laughs) it's all on me again. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And and so we looked again and I had more fibroid. I had Mm. a fibroid blocking my right uh, tube. Mm -hmm. So it was a one centimeter fibroid. You know, Mm -hmm. from a bucket to a one centimeter one. Mm -hmm. And they did that surgery. So that was not an open surgery. It was was a quick one day surgery. But we did that again. And again, same messaging. You're going to get pregnant so quickly after this because you're Mm -hmm. super fertile. Mm -hmm. And so that mixed with my attitude of very Mm -hmm. optimistic at the time. I went home and tried again for another six Mm -hmm. months. Mm -hmm. And then and then we the neck we did one IUI cycle that didn't work Mm -hmm. we did Clomid a few times that didn't work and so Mm -hmm. um we went to the IVF doctor and at the IVF doctor oh sorry you're probably gonna get there did did you guys feel like maybe the fibroids were preventing anything from implanting that was one of my concerns yeah those were one of my like um that was one of my root cause concerns or like Places yeah. you consider that you feel like your doctors aren't scratching at yet. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that was one of them. It was mm-hmm. implantation and scar tissue I was worried about. Yeah. I was worried about progesterone in the second half of my right. cycle because at the time I had no idea about what it meant to have my hormones balanced. I only mm-hmm. knew at the time about estrogen and progesterone and thought that those yeah. were the only two things floating in my body right. but yeah. between your thyroid and even testosterone and other things mm-hmm. that we do have in our body mm-hmm. um, that aren't really talked about right. that they all play together they yeah. all play together and I didn't know that mm-hmm. yet so when yeah. I arrived at the IVF doctor I hadn't had that information but I was very curious and I was on the tipping point of getting that information from the naturopathic doctor yeah. world and just working with the yeah. naturopath makes yeah. a difference. So I'm in the IVF doctor's office and my husband's in there and he's super reluctant to basically try much, but he's tried everything with me. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like so all just, the Karma like positions. <laughs> just Yes. <laughs> we have to mention that because that is yeah. such a part of the journey. Was and, it really? Yeah. 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 Like the headstand. Mm-hmm. Legs up, yes. headstands, 10 yeah. minutes on one side, 10 minutes on the other oh side. Gosh, <laughs> I'm like, try everything. <laughs> I'm kind of jealous. I haven't even gotten one of those books yet. <laughs> I remember we have a kit. I'm looking over right now at the coat closet mm-hmm. because in the top of our coat closet, there's a sperm, <laughs> there's a sperm like testing kit. Yeah, up there, oh, 150 dollars and like everything. Yeah, wow. And because I wanted, you know, yeah. he wouldn't go to the doctor, so I had to yeah. buy the thing to get right. The test. And then eventually he went to the doctor, and it said the mm-hmm. same thing as his home kit did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're sitting in the doctor's office, IVF mm-hmm. doctor, and we've gone, this is middle of COVID. So it was actually right when I, a year before I had met you, Sonia. 
And mm-hmm. sorry, how old were you? Um, I was. When all this was going on. When we hit IVF, time the time we hit IVF, it was probably like two years, two and a half. It took three years to have her, so it was two and a half years, and mm-hmm. from my first surgery. And um, so I'm sorry, age. How old was I then? Thirty. <laughs> how old am I now? I was probably thirty-one, thirty-two at the time. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you're 35, you forget how old you are, and that's how old I am. Right. It's <laughs> true. No, it's true. You start planning to say 36 early because that's what mm-hmm. you've done your whole life. But it does. <laughs> I'm 35 now. And so, yes, she's a year old. I had her at 34. Mm-hmm. And two years before that, 32, we were really struggling mm-hmm. hard. And so put my husband through all the things and we're in mm-hmm. the, and he's, he's come to the IVF doctor with me, which honestly seemed like the further, furthest stretch from what he would do, but he did mm-hmm. because it came, that was the direction of the allopathic doctor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, we had done all the checklists that they had said, and now it's time to go to the IVF doctor. Not yeah. that I wanted to go to the IVF. <laughs> I just felt like there was another way, and I was mm-hmm. um, looking at a naturopath. Mm-hmm. But this was the more comfortable way, and it felt more like the next step for him because that's what the authorities were telling him, if you will, that he mm-hmm. knew well enough about in terms of fertility. And so we go there, and it was like. The walls were completely, there was nothing on the walls at all because of COVID, because I guess COVID jumps around Mm -hmm. a piece of paper and like pictures and like, it just felt so like a jail because Mm -hmm. the building didn't have any, the the rooms didn't have any windows and they took us in three or four different rooms to talk with two, the same two people. I don't mm-hmm. know what that was about. It just felt mm-hmm. really weird. And so then we yeah. finally get to the coziest space of all, which was the office. It then started, we started to get into the nitty gritty of the conversation. And my husband had his arms crossed and his eyebrows bowed. And he just listened the whole time. He didn't say anything, didn't really even nod mm-hmm. his head, shake his head, nothing. And, but the doctor, I can't tell you what the doctor said. It was just a standard IVF consultation. Besides that, he pulled mm-hmm. out the naturopath's card and told me that yeah. I ought to work with her if I'm going to work with him mm-hmm. based on what he I was telling him. So mm-hmm. what he was essentially saying was, you have a lot of underlying root cause issues. And if we do IVF, yeah. we want you to be completely optimized. So go optimize yourself naturally with this natural path. And it was yeah. Dr. Karina Dunlap, the woman who yeah. I've been having yeah. on, like talking talking to my husband about having conversations yeah. with him about. And that it sort of lit his eyes up and it mm-hmm. that compared um, when we started comparing like the price of her to the price of IVF, it mm-hmm. was a no brainer that we should start right. there and not right. do both at the same time. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Yeah. And from there it was five months after I had started working with the um, naturopath and implementing mm-hmm. what she had given me for information about my bio identity, mm-hmm. my body, my thyroid, my mm-hmm. deficiencies, my, mm-hmm. my gut, I had leaky gut. And so I was just able to do a lot of healing in a super fast mm-hmm. amount of time. I was yeah. full of inflammation. I lost 20 pounds in five months by eating mm-hmm. no more wheat, no more cane sugar. And by um, just taking supplements and taking mm-hmm. a thyroid medication. I have yeah. not worked out since I told you I worked out <laughs> five years ago. So it wasn't that, yeah. you know, I drank my wine when mm-hmm. I felt guilty about drinking the wine and why I'm saying that is because at the end of the day, we try so hard to like pull all these pieces of the answers together. And in reality, they're mm-hmm. inside our body. If yeah. somebody's willing to look at them the way that my natural path mm-hmm. did through my blood, through my right. stool, through my, 
yeah. um, life conversation about what I do right. in my life and my body. Right. So, right. And, and she's then, amazing. Um, she's here in Maine, right? She, yeah. She's, she's here in, in Maine. Portland, Maine. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. she takes patients outside of Maine as well, virtually, because mm-hmm. you really just need to get your blood taken. And then she's mm-hmm. going to read the test back to you. And then mm-hmm. she's going to suggest you to order certain supplements that are, you know, um, that, sh- that makes sense for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you I know? will say before you continue also, um, I think that it's, it's a good sign, like a good sign of a good fertility doctor is yeah, one seriously. that recognizes that you need the homeopathic mm-hmm. yeah. remedies in addition to science. Right. They work hand in hand. They work together. Right. My first fertility place was just like, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's kind of like, you know, hokey stuff, but if you believe in it, go for it. And then my second, they were awful. And then my second IVF place, they were like, yes, do all the Mm -hmm. things, do the supplements, do the acupuncture, Acupuncture. do the, you know, everything. So, and I think Sonia's was like that too. And it's just Mm -hmm. like comparing stories, even like, I think Alyssa's was like that as well. Mm -hmm. And just like all the stories that we're hearing of the women that had success and you know, went through, like, had like really positive experiences with their doctors. Mm -hmm. The trend that we're noticing is like, yeah, they're the their doctors understand yeah. that you need both. It truly right. goes hand in hand together. Right. So, and let me just share too. I'm sorry, Maria, but I just have to Don't like be. Maria went to Doctor Lannan, who is the doctor that I went to and the doctor who helps me conceive Annabelle, and he didn't really tell me to do any of those things. But when he found out I was going to acupuncture, he was very, he seemed very impressed and excited by that. But I think at the time, like my AMH levels were okay. And I didn't have any, you know, complications with fibroids or anything like that. And my thyroid at the time was pretty normal. So he wouldn't have had that reason to, but it was like when Maria told me that he referred her to a naturopathic doctor, I was instantly even more impressed by him because I'm like, wow, I didn't know that he was really into all that. So really good. Sorry, Maria. Don't be sorry at all. That's totally understandable. And also we have to give all these medical professionals humans grace because they don't know Mm -hmm. until they know. Mm -hmm. And usually somebody Mm -hmm. came in there and told them the work that they did with the IV with Dr. Dunlap probably. And he said, wow, let's see, you know, I bet he has an experience through through a patient that made a difference. And now he's starting to hand out her card. You don't hand out somebody's card ever for anything for no good reason. Something happened. I think that made him inspired to do that. And I bet at the time he didn't even have that information to give to you. You're right. You're right. Um, Because Mm -hmm. he was handing, he was giving it to me as if it was procedural. Mm -hmm. Like it was just came out of his desk and it was part of his consultation. Um, Yeah. That's amazing. But it was so Mm -hmm. divine for us because we weren't in the right spot. We weren't ready for IVF if that's what we needed at one point in time or in the future. It just... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I felt it so hard. I mean, we just walked mm-hmm. out and we were like, no, God. Honestly, we walked out and said, God's not in that, wasn't there. Like, that's not what God's yeah. plan is for us right now. Mm-hmm. Right now. Like, mm-hmm. we can go back there, but not yet. We don't need that yet. Let's mm-hmm. try this. And we try, and it was so much of a no brainer because our hut, well, husbands, men, and then many of us women too think very concrete, like, oh my gosh, $3,000 for a natural path. Mm -hmm. I can't do that. I can't do that. I don't have that. But then you sit in an office and they're asking you to pay $22,000 for a chance, a chance at like maybe getting pregnant. But if you don't optimize and get your body straight, then you likely can't. And, or 
for me, it was the scar tissue. I was worried about that. Mm -hmm. So I just think that it's really important to, to allow yourself to go to all the places that you can go, like get the um, trials of everything you can get, get all the information you can, and then sit with that and, and let your intuition fall, like follow your intuition a little bit. And mm-hmm. they'll tell, you know, the world will tell us not to do that. you got to go to the doctors. They're going to have the answers for you. It's a mix of the doctors and your intuition and the mm-hmm. natural path. And the or or the Western medicine with the Eastern medicine, because, no, maybe the acupuncture needles didn't necessarily trigger a blood flow that made my uterus perfectly perfect for the conception. But it definitely put me in a whole new chill mindset, slow down my life and and pay attention to me a little bit Mm -hmm. once a week. And it was relaxing and not not Mm -hmm. like anything else in my life was stress was a huge thing that I just said, said no to all the time Mm -hmm. when I did conceive so we'll go on I guess conception she (laughs) there's so much around her conception that I have to Mm -hmm. get to fast forward to that part there's so much in the infertility part or I was I always use different words too I hated the word infertility I would then split it up and I'd say I'm in fertility yes yeah I've seen that a lot literally living in fertility Mm -hmm. right now yeah whereas mm-hmm. some people are just like fertile <laughs> that's fine yeah. good for you <laughs> yeah. I'm in fertility and or, or I just change up my words because I really didn't trying to conceive I'm on my way to my child or I'm I'm work I'm making I like my that. way I'm on my way to my child yeah I don't mm-hmm. like the I don't want to stay stuck in trying mm-hmm. and if I continue mm-hmm. to tell myself and my body and my system and my world and my mind and God that I'm trying then that's just where I'll be I feel like mm-hmm. for a long time and that's just something I believe in I just choose the environment that my mind is the literature literal mm-hmm. environment the literacy the words that I hear and mm-hmm. say to myself are are important and same to you and all the geriatric mamas who are hoping mm-hmm. to conceive it's important how you mm-hmm. talk to yourself what you think mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so one day I was driving and this mm-hmm. was in March a year and a half ago now uh, so March 2022, yeah, I was, it was my ovulation week. And of course it was a Monday through Friday week, which mm-hmm. is the worst when your husband's working nine to five mm-hmm. and you don't have time after dinner and this and that, and you're tired yes, at night and you exactly. want to in the night and you want to in the right. morning and in the middle of the night, it's not the way it is anymore. And mm-hmm. so <laughs> that mm-hmm. week it wasn't, I, I had checked out. I, I was the woman yeah. who was on top of my cycle but that week I said you know what god if you're gonna do it we're gonna do it next month because I can't I have to yeah I'm not gonna chase him down I'm so sick of like yeah I'm ready to surrender Mm -hmm. this month and so I did so when I when I when I conceived her that that month I decided that I was not going to be up my my husband's ass about (laughs) trying yeah I wasn't gonna tell him at all I was gonna let Mm -hmm. it go and that was hard because you we have five days of the month and and I knew what I knew finally that like really it's one day mm-hmm. is when it really layers down to. And that also made me think, screw it. I'm giving up this month. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. And what happened was that he, and and part of that was also, I just want you to come to me. I was so sick right. of like, I hear that. going to him, going to him, going to him. I wanted him to come to me on his own mm-hmm. natural accord whenever. And if it didn't land on day 12, mm-hmm. then whatever. I needed mm-hmm. to yeah. be with him, not with right. his penis. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. No, it's it true. Like, yeah. It's, it turns mechanical. Yeah. yeah. I absolutely. Know. <laughs> yeah. So, so that month he um 
he approached me on one of the days and it happened yeah. to be the day of my ovulation. We conceived. We That's had sex amazing. once that month. Yeah. Also, con- like just there's so much testimony around the conception. Also, yeah. the, like a week or so before I was driving and I was like realizing I have so many friends named Sarah and I just want this to tie it. I want this to like anchor down for listeners who mm-hmm. ha- have friends or have like pay attention to signs or the people in their life or the patterns in their life. I have mm-hmm. so many friends named Sarah. It's unbelievable. It's like weird. <laughs> yeah, I have to, we have nicknames for every one of them because we mm-hmm. have to. Yeah. And I thought to my, and they've, and a few of them have been, three of them specifically have been right by my side, just the way I needed since that miscarriage. Mm-hmm. They were yeah. like the exemplary, exemplary friend. Um, mm-hmm. And even better than like my mom and family members could care mm-hmm. for me. From yeah. then till conception, it, they were special. They were, and mm-hmm. I, and I driving and I'm thinking about that. So I looked up, I, you know, thought, God, what is this you're trying to tell me about with Sarah? So I look up in the Bible, mm-hmm. the story of Sarah and the story of Sarah and Abraham is that she had her child at like 80 years old and driving mm-hmm. in my car at 34. I was like, calm mm-hmm. the fuck down, Maria. You <laughs> <fine."> <laughs> Not if God wants to make you pregnant, it's going to be next month, April. It's going to be the month. Yeah. And it was March, yeah. of course. I just was letting go of all these things, shedding this. Yeah. Another thing that is super important, and I think that, you know, if you believe it, you believe it. If you don't, you don't. I ask for forgiveness for my, like, you know how you go to God and you ask for forgiveness? You go to your family members, you ask for forgiveness. Forgiveness is huge. It mm-hmm. weighs on you. It's like a stressor if you don't learn to do it yourself or get get it. You need forgiveness. Mm-hmm. If you've done something wrong, you will feel better. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And you will feel better when you forgive. Well, for me, it was like, I've been doing that. I'm trying really hard. I'm doing the things mm-hmm. I need to do to forgive this one and that one. And somebody had said to me randomly on Clubhouse, some random stranger I've never met in my life. Mm-hmm. I don't think she said it to me. She said it to the room that, mm-hmm. we, that we ought to ask for forgiveness for our ancestors. And I just thought, well, that's silly, mm-hmm. but I'm going to do mm-hmm. anything to have this uh-huh. baby, yeah. right? Right, uh-huh. exactly. <laughs> silly. Mm-hmm. I asked for forgiveness for my ancestors that month. I, I can't, like these things really, these little mm-hmm. pegs that my friend Sarah, my husband approaching me on his own, me deciding mm-hmm. I'm not going to yeah. n- micromanage my cycle. And then mm-hmm. again, just like asking for forgiveness yeah. for things that I didn't yeah. do yeah. That, or that, you know, along the line. Yeah. And all those things, I think, made a difference for me. It yeah. made it so that like, not only was I able to conceive, but I was able to receive like mm-hmm. my husband's sperm. Right. Right, in my body, his miracle in a of magic way. sperm that apparently has no issues. Like, congratulations, because I feel like a lot of times, like, <laughs> that's the issue a lot of times. And so, even if you're 100 healthy, if that sperm can't get there, it's not going to get there. So, well, mm-hmm. even if his sperm are, are fine one day, that doesn't mean they're not the next. Exactly, and true. And and we all have to understand that about ourselves, not just women. We know that we're constantly changing, and last month's mm-hmm. different than this month. So mm-hmm. we conceived. And then, of course, the other part that I just always like to say now that I've been through it is that it doesn't the worry, the stress, the the mm-hmm. wonder, the desperation doesn't end there when you're pregnant, mm-hmm. because now you've got to make sure the right. baby comes through. And right. mm-hmm. having been through a miscarriage, I know that mm-hmm. before yeah. I didn't. 
And so Gloria, you want to play, honey? And so Gloria, the one thing I would say about during my pregnancy, because they would, they called me high risk. They said that my baby was not growing very much, that she's wicked mm-hmm. small. You got to come in every other week, every week, mm-hmm. uh, twice a week at one point. You might, yeah. you're at risk, you're obese, they called me. Like, um, you're at risk for high blood pressure thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can't think of it either. All Why can't I think of it? Yeah. And so they said all these things to me. And as any mother who's been through a pregnancy of, of any sort, whether it's been two months or longer, you know that those things come at you and they just add stress to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They just add stress every single day. And you just have to continue to hold on to the faith that got you through and up to your pregnancy because they right. are going to say things and you have to rebuke the things they say. Just right. like mm-hmm. I said, it's important what I say to myself when somebody's, oh, your baby's small and she's not really growing that well. I rebuke mm-hmm. that. In my brain, I just say I rebuke that in the name of Jesus mm-hmm. Christ because that's what I believe in. And mm-hmm. I just don't, I'm not going to, I'm not going to hold on to that label. I'm not going to mm-hmm. hold on yeah. to the label of high risk. Thank you for letting me know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, your fibroids are growing. They're growing. They'd say every mm-hmm. time, and then and then towards the end, they started shrinking. Mm-hmm. I was I got flagged for for um before preeclampsia. There's the uh, there's another one, hypertension, I think. Yeah. Or I came yeah. in one day. They said, "Oh, your blood pressure is so high. You got to come back in." Another thing, just to add to the stress. I came mm-hmm. back in. It was gone. Mm-hmm. And my doctor said, how do you, how are you doing that? Well, I'm just choosing not to leave anything that you guys say. Right, I'm right. choosing to just like <laughs> go home yeah. and continue to grow this baby. And I'm choosing yeah. to tell everybody, even my, cl- the closest people to me to screw off. We will not be playing Monopoly until this baby comes out because that's too stressful. I would say things right. like that. Yeah. But like, so yes, we didn't play Monopoly <laughs> and we've only yeah. played it once since, but we would get really fired up and, and angry with each other over Monopoly. I can't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't. This baby inside of me cannot handle that. I can't argue with people. Mm-hmm. And so anytime there was stress, I just, and I just gave myself the permission to check mm-hmm. out walk yeah. away and it's not and if somebody got so offended about it that they wanted to like like it burnt a bridge or something like that so mm-hmm. be it this yeah. baby is the next yeah. chapter in my life this baby right. is I'm, I'm looking to have a child and they're mm-hmm. they're first she's first right. now so there's just so much there is a lot of mindset work to it you cannot mm-hmm. do the mindset work though without the physical work and without the natural yeah order mm-hmm. of things which you find yeah. from your natural path your functional medicine doctor yeah help you and then babies come and they cry because you yeah. take anything mm-hmm. away now she's a year old and it's the same thing too the worry but i yeah i'm so great i i can tell you that i live every day feeling really grateful like it's hard yeah it feels so i feel like i have i don't like to say this but it, i'm gonna say it here I feel like I have a different sort of gratitude than somebody who didn't struggle, or at least I get to hold on to that mm-hmm. feeling for a little bit longer than somebody who didn't struggle. Right. Mm-hmm. Like this appreciation and this deep found yeah. awe of what I've mm-hmm. been able to create mm-hmm. uh, because time will take that away from you. Time does steal like those really deep feelings. For oh, instance, I've been in Cuba <laughs> three different times and I've been back in the culture shock it wanes mm-hmm. and I hope to God that this appreciation that I have mm-hmm. doesn't wane as motherhood or as she yeah. grows and gets more challenging mm-hmm. yeah 
Yeah. So, but I'm just, I'm, I'm still here and in awe and involved and <laughs> yeah. just learning she was a lot. just precious. Thank you. Yeah. Gloria grew <laughs> in my uterus with a 15 centimeter fibroid. Yeah. Wow. It was, it was five centimeters. It went up to 21 and it came back down to 15 by the time we, um, mm-hmm. I gave birth. The yeah. doctors, Is that why she was smaller? Maybe like. They maybe. can't say mm-hmm. for sure. It could be. Okay. It could have mm-hmm. been that she's just, like, I'm five feet tall and my husband's five feet tall and she's mm-hmm. always going to be petite. Or that. I think, <laughs> I think that's more it. Yeah. Combine, combine those things and when, with the unknown, they were really worried. But we made it all the way to 38 weeks and we probably would have made it continued to 40 if, if I didn't mm-hmm. need a C-section for other reasons. Mm-hmm. Well, because right. I had had already had already right. had a C-section yeah. surgery before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They are hard to accept mm-hmm. that they're part yeah. of your life. They're more common. Than mm-hmm. you would think. Mm-hmm. A lot of people deal with them, um, but a lot of people deal with them with pain and mm-hmm. um, a lot of heavy yeah, bleeding. That was my question: I, is if you could feel them. Yeah. I didn't know if it was something you could feel. I can. So, oh, I could feel them like physically with my hand. You mean? Well, just yeah, like, could, do you have any symptoms like cramping? When I was, I say, when they were growing in my twenties, yeah. I had super bad cramps where they, I would throw up when I was getting my cycle. But I didn't realize that's what the, that's maybe what was causing those cramps. And then mm-hmm. that went away. I don't have nausea or cramps anymore as a mm-hmm. as an adult. But I did have the excessive bleeding. I was bleeding for two months straight. That's why I needed yeah. the original surgery because my period right. would not stop. And I only right. needed I needed a transfusion at the time, but I found a doctor mm-hmm. who really helped me figure out mm-hmm. that that's just what needed to be done. Um, yeah. and and of course now um that the doctor said that when they took Gloria out, they had to sew fibroid to fibroid. Mm-hmm. And another thing that, you know, she said, she touched and saw my uterus. And I believe her. Yeah. So I just won't hold on to that. I refuse to yeah. hold on to that. And I will um, continue to just have faith that, I mean, I've lost weight. I've, I'm healthier than I've ever been. So I think that those fibroids might have been starved off a bit. I don't think that they've disappeared or dissolved. Mm-hmm. That would be nice. That would be nice. But, mm-hmm. So I'm not delusional, but I am hopeful. <laughs> I mean, you've been there. Yeah. You know your body. So yeah. Gloria grew with them, so. She grew with them. They're her your... homies. Yeah. They are. She Thank had you. Roommates. She had she yes. And now, oh she's, now she has to have like something on her forehead when she's well she sleeps best if like something's touching mm-hmm. her forehead she's yeah the entire time upside down in my room she was upside down the entire time on a fibroid like that Aww. oh my gosh so she's yeah. like it's comforting she's like oh i just need something on my forehead yeah so yeah. when i'm breastfeeding and my arm's right there it works well for her my arm goes yeah. a little numb, but <laughs> yeah yeah Aww. it's been a great journey we've been able to i've breastfeed fed her for the year and now we're mm-hmm. going into their second year and figuring that out mm-hmm. and it's just yeah. all a blessing it really is well yes. congratulations thank so you amazing. Like, what a crazy journey but you had the right attitude the entire time mm-hmm. you know it's like you put that vibration out there positivity mm-hmm. and this mm-hmm. is going to happen and you mm-hmm. turn to you know um forces that you know we can't explain and yeah. here we are you know mm-hmm. so and i was right there with you and my like my husband and i tried all kinds of things <laughs> that i won't bring up because yeah. he'd be embarrassed yeah but, yeah like you know and you know sometimes it's just like you know what i'm just gonna have jesus take the wheel because yeah it's out of my hands i don't right. know what to do and yeah we're just gonna let this go see what mm-hmm. happens and, you're, and we get tired so. 
You know, mm-hmm. it's it's only we have to yeah. allow yeah. ourselves uh, exactly. that moment, Our and sometimes need that. we finally do. Mm-hmm. 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 Rest, I agree. Also, there's two more things I want to say for those yeah. who are um, on their journey to their children. You rest and relaxation are so important. Like we've been t- saying, mm-hmm. stress is not like just take it out of your life. Yes, <laughs> and exactly. give yourself that permission till that baby gets yeah. here on Earth. Just tell yeah. stress no. No, thank you. Not mm-hmm. today. And right. so that on top of um, that, my naturopath said to me, and it's the simplest thing, Maria, what do you eat for breakfast every day? And I'd say, oh, at the time I was like, <laughs> uh, when I get to breakfast, sometimes I eat a waffle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or I just at the time I didn't eat breakfast. And yeah. she said, Maria, your fertility, your, your body will not allow you to conceive if you aren't fueling it. You're supposed mm-hmm. to eat three times a day. Well, you know that much. And you're as the bre- breakfast should you be your largest meal of the day. It ought mm-hmm. to you ought to eat like a king in the morning, a queen in the at lunch, and a pauper at dinner, so that your body mm-hmm. can do what oh, it's sweet. ought to I like do. That. You know, yeah. it, it needs the fuel for the day. It needs to feel good in the middle of the day to sustain. And at the end mm-hmm. of the day, it needs to eat like restful, yeah. warm foods. But if you're right. completely skipping breakfast, your body is saying, yeah. oh, I don't, I can't, cons- I can't bring ready. a baby into this right. world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're, we're living in the caveman times and there's no <laughs> right. food around here. This woman, yeah. this body is not capable. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so anytime I woke up and wanted to skip breakfast, which is my M.O., that's yeah. what came to mind. Yeah. Big, simple switch, big, big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hard switch. I already jumped because usually at the end of these hope episodes, I ask, you know, what's one bit of advice? I and I think that was, that was it. That was yeah. an amazing Eat piece of advice. Breakfast. That's really priceless mm-hmm. pieces of advice. So mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah. Thank you yeah. for having me. I really, I just yes. feel like, yeah, I feel so, um, again, the gratitude, it grounds me again in, in this journey. It's, it's yeah. been um, I'll walk through many different places I never wanted to go, but now mm-hmm. I'm here. But so, look yeah. at where you are. Look at yeah. that yeah. baby. I wouldn't have it any other way. For anyone who is interested in Maria's homeschool consultation or just helping you teach homeschool for your children, um, you can find her at Homeschool Admin and on her website at thehomeschooladmin.com. So the first option was for Instagram. Awesome. Well, thank you for listening. I never know because this part used to be your part and I've been hijacking it over the past couple of weeks. So I like always pause. I'm like, is she going to do it? I'll just do it. (laughs) Thank you for listening. Be sure to tune in next week. Follow. I feel like I just had a list. Tune in next week. (laughs) Follow, subscribe. Follow, subscribe, rate, and review. Tell a friend. We need all of the support we can get. All of it, please. Please, please. (laughs) For more information, you can check out our website at geriatricmamas.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at geriatric underscore mamas. On YouTube at geriatric mamas. We have 16 subscribers, guys. We just need all the help we can get Still have 16. 16 still just 16 am i the only person that likes you <laughs> and like eight of those are probably like our friends and family yeah most of them are our friends and family but i feel like i'm the only one who actually watches our videos so i mean i have to edit them so i'm watching them yeah anyways <laughs> um you can follow us on twitter at geriatric mamas youtube i put youtube in there twice or follow us on our you just really want to drive that home please yeah. follow us on youtube clearly <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> so then you can also follow our Facebook group page at Geriatric Mamas. If you have a topic idea you'd like us to discuss, are interested in being a guest, or simply have a funny geriatric story to tell, you can submit your inquiry by going to our website and clicking on Be Our Guest. Bye, Geriatric Mamas. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.